Empty office buildings are a common sight around H-Town, and let's face it, they're eyesores. But a new project that's merging commercial and residential real estate could potentially give those buildings a new look and purpose. Houston Chronicle senior real estate reporter Marissa Luck joins me to explain this new project and how it plays into our city's greater real estate picture. It's Monday, February 12th, 2024. I'm Rehil Ramzanali, and here's what Houston's talking about. Marissa, welcome into CityCast Houston. I'm so pumped to chat with you. I've been trying to get you on for a while. So we've finally got everything scheduled out and you are on. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Look, real estate is popping in the city of Houston, right? It's always popping. I know, always. (laughs) Business side, you got residential. So before we jump into today's conversation, I'm going to put you on the spot, all right? I'm going to ask you a big question from the start. What do you think the biggest real estate trend of 2024 is going to be? Okay, so this is probably like a not surprising answer. I don't think it's a trend, but something that's affecting literally everything is interest rates and what's going on with interest rates. Because it's not just homeowners, you know, that it's affecting in terms of getting trying to get a mortgage. It's also developers, like anyone that's building residential or commercial anything right now is having a hard time getting access to capital that they can actually afford, or maybe they can't afford it, but then they have to like build a project and charge these rents that they don't think they can get in Houston. So Mm. the interest rates are affecting construction development across the board. It doesn't matter like what type of building you could be building a retail building or apartments or a single family home. And the, the interest rates are really, really affecting those projects. So I would say just the, you know, depending on what happens with the interest rates, if they um, ease a little bit, um, you know, if if inflation continues to seem like it's slowing, I know it doesn't feel like inflation is slowing down to the regular person, but you know, that could help in terms of just making it easier to borrow money. And then when it's easier to borrow money, you're going to see a lot of those construction projects and developments actually move forward. So that's why I think it, but as a trend, because it's just literally affecting every corner of real estate right now. Yeah. Interest rates are going to be such an important thing to look at, right? Uh, Whether it be, as you mentioned, residential, business development, whatever, everyone is just betting on this election year as a interest rates are coming down somehow, some way. That's what everybody is hoping. Like it's just been in this weird wait and see mode, especially for a lot of commercial developers right now. So your latest story actually deals with all of this commercial (laughs) development, potential residential room and real estate as well. And this could decide the future of hundreds of empty office buildings because developers have started to transform a former BP office tower into a 311 apartment building Tell me about this project, first of all. Okay. Um, So there's this office complex in the Energy Corridor. BP used to be there years ago. ConocoPhillips was there. Then ConocoPhillips moved out. I believe it was in 2019. And then the building sat vacant. The the previous owner um, ended up defaulting. And these developers came in. um, John Quinlan. He's a local real estate investor. um, Super interesting, cool guy. Um, but he saw this office building and thought, hey, you know, maybe this could potentially be a conversion. He bought it at an auction, online auction. It was like a huge loss compared to what um, the building originally was developed for. But then he 
uh, formed a joint venture with another real estate investor out of Florida, DiBartolo. But essentially, they're going to take what was like a corporate space and try to make it into a residential community. So, you know, that's more complicated than it sounds, because obviously, designing a building for people to work in is different than designing a building for people to live in. (laughs) Yeah. And this is a trend that is happening around the nation, right? Like, how are those going? Is this something that is feasible and easy to do? Or is this harder to do? Arguably, it's harder to do than just building a ground up new building, Mm -hmm. because you're trying to work with the existing bones and the existing structure of the building, preserve as much as possible, then also do everything to retrofit it. Uh, So yeah, this conversation has really come up during the pandemic because of, you know, the shift to hybrid and remote work. A lot of companies are reducing their office square footage. Now, I'm not going to say that that office is dead at all. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I think there, that kind of sparked a lot of conversations. There were already office conversions happening before the pandemic, but I think the pandemic really accelerated those conversations as developers were trying to figure out what to do. You know, they see that there's less office demand. And so right now, there was a report from Rent Cafe uh, between 2021 to 2024, the number of office to apartment conversions increased from there was like 12,000. And now there's like, over 55,000. This is across the country. Wow. But yeah, it is it is much more expensive than you think because you think, oh yeah, I, they could just like save a bunch of money by converting this building, but they have to go and add plumbing. They have to add in a lot of cases windows. Sometimes these yeah. are like super old buildings that haven't had their mechanical and electrical systems updated in years. So each building is different. And I think they came up with some metric. They looked at like a thousand buildings. I think it was like only 25% of buildings can actually convert. Yeah, because it's so hard. Is it safe to assume like if I'm a listener, these might not be that affordable, right? Like it sounds like these aren't affordable places to live once they are converted. Yes. Well, it depends on the project. The ones that have taken place in Houston or the ones that like DiBartolo is doing are they're they're luxury you know they realize that they are competing with other you know high-end luxury product so I believe like compared to the class a um so when I say class a I just mean like the newest best you know apartments the their project downtown I believe the rents are a savings compared to what you would get at other class a buildings like in you know other new apartments downtown, the ones in the energy corridor though they said would probably be slightly above the Class A rents. Um, so in the energy corridor, Class A rents are like seventeen hundred a month. That's actually on par with the overall Houston average for Class A rents, which is seventeen hundred a month. So that and that's only accounting for yeah. the top end of the spectrum. So it's not that crazy. Um, but to your point, this is not really a, a solution for affordable housing, except for the fact that it would increase the supply of housing units out there, you know, and maybe that would kind of trickle down into other categories. There's a bunch of cities that are trying to offer incentives for this. I think some of them might have some sort of strings attached, like, oh, you have to have some affordable housing in your projects to get an incentive. Um, but that's not the case yet. Um and in Houston, we don't have a special incentive program yet for office um, to residential conversions, yeah. 
but downtown was considering yeah. them, right? Downtown Houston was looking at that tax incentive exactly. to convert office space to different uses. It doesn't have yes, to be exactly. residential uses, but they just specified new uses. Uh, what's the latest on that? And yeah, is that a program that could maybe work here? So downtown Houston Plus, which is the the name of the new umbrella group with Central Houston and downtown tourists and all that. So downtown Houston Plus had been working with the city of Houston on, well, how do we get more of these office conversion projects to happen in Houston? So downtown Houston Plus worked with AECOM, which is a consultancy, to study what would it take here and what would what would we need. And it could potentially be connected to a, a relaunch of the downtown living initiative, but maybe not. But the latest on that is they put together this study, but then with the new mayor's administration, they have to basically talk with the new mayor and, and determine like how much of a priority is this for you um, before they really like the city really has like a concrete um, plan. But from what I've heard, I don't expect it to be limited to affordable housing. The thing that would happen in downtown is probably a little more complicated in terms of it would be, okay, we'll credit you a certain per, you know certain amount of the taxes that you would pay as the value of your property increases. Um, and then they're also trying to figure out, can we work with other local jurisdictions like Harris County or um, potentially other like TERS to try to increase the pool of funding that could be available for some of these conversion incentives. So based on your research and just talking to people right now, could there be a better use of these empty spaces than just creating more apartments and, you know, specifically for Houston luxury apartments? I think just in general, we have just a need for housing in general. So anything that's going to increase the supply could potentially help stave off, you know, rent increases by just making sure there's more housing available but, you know, the, the downtown Houston Plus is open to uh, incentivizing projects, like you said, not just for um, office to residential, but could be for hospitality or mixed use or just other different types of uses. But that's like sort of the big question is we don't really know what we can do with like so much extra office space. Okay, help me understand something here, okay? We talked about a story last week on the podcast that buildings are having a hard time leasing office space, and that seems to be the case, right? right? But then we see stories about how more and more businesses are moving to Texas and in Houston as well. And then even developers of the building that we just talked about, in your story, they mentioned that you know more people are moving here for high-paying jobs. So the disconnect here for me is, if more businesses and more people are moving here with these businesses, you know, looking for space, why are office spaces not being used? Like, why are we converting these places? Why are there so many empty office buildings still? So there's been an ongoing trend and like anyone who's in real estate is going to be like, oh my God, I'm so sick of hearing this, <laughs> yeah. but it's called flight to quality. <laughs> and basically people, when they lease office space, they don't want to lease the old outdated building. They want to mm. have new space or if it's not new space, then it better be like renovated and in a cool location. Like downtown has, you know, it's filled with office buildings that were built in the eighties and seventies, but they're in like really cool locations and the owners have invested like millions into renovating them. So those are kind of different. 
then I would say just like your run of the mill 1980s, you know, class B office that is sort of been updated, but not really. That's in some random part of Houston on the loop somewhere that's like not walkable close to anything. You know, that that's yeah. the stuff that we're talking about that it is having a harder time leasing. So if you look at the total vacancy rate in Houston right now, and that's the amount of office space that is empty, is about um, 27% overall. This is according to Avis and Young. You can slice and dice this. Other firms will say different amounts. But if you look at the vacancy rate for office buildings constructed after 2010, the vacancy rate falls to about 12%. So what Mm. that means is that there is a clear preference when companies go to lease. They want something built like in the last 15 years. And so I think that that's just part of it. It's just the consumer preference. Okay, that makes more sense. Now, this next question, I don't know, from your perspective, as a senior real estate writer, you might be like, hold on, hold on. We can't be halting construction here, okay? But I did see that City Center just broke ground on a new 19-story office tower and park as well. Should the city step in and maybe stop construction on new office spaces until the current ones are filled or we figure out a solution to use those? So City Center and Memorial City, but basically West Houston in general and the Energy Corridor have gotten a lot more leasing activity. Like, that's where a lot of companies want to be. So they've actually had a lot of good mm-hmm. leasing momentum. Um, and City Center and Memorial City in particular, which is kind of, it's called like the Katy Freeway East submarket, their vacancy rate in the fourth quarter was 8.6%, according to JLL. And JLL said that, you know, they, they compare it vacancy rate overall to about 2505 or 26%. And City Center itself, the office space is fully leased. There's no office space in city center. Uh, Then you have in Memorial City, um, there is a nine-story office building, 9753 Katy Freeway. Um, It was supposed to be delivering, I believe, last year. That's been pretty much leased, I believe. Moody Rabin has another um, office tower. It's delivering 167,000 square foot office building. Supposed to be delivering by the end of last year. That one is like, I think it was supposed to be 89% leased. So there's clearly demand specifically in this part of Houston. Uh, A lot of it's from energy companies or people that want to be by energy companies. So when you look at that city center tower, it's like when you read the headline, oh, it's a 19-story office tower. You're like, what the heck? Why do we need need a 19-story office tower in Houston (laughs) right now? Like, go lease the space that's available. But when you look at this, particular area, you know, you see that there is demand there. So that's to say, that's why I think that area is a little different. So it's kind of like, you know, it's to to put any sort of ban on the development would be, um, it, it would kind of run counter to the free market. And it would also run counter to basically what Houston is known for. We're known to have yeah, so easy true. development um, you know, and despite the fact that affordability is a challenge, we are relatively more affordable than a lot of major metros. And it's because you can build anything almost anywhere. I mean, obviously, there's deed restrictions. You still have to get variance requests. Like, there's different things. Uh, you know, it's not totally free of zoning everything. But it's easier. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah. So I think, like, any sort of change to that um, would be politically impossible 
and the way that the reason I asked that question is like when I'm driving down 59 and a lot of those buildings yeah. that you mentioned that were built in the 1980s and you know it's just four lease signs everywhere some of them have broken windows or not even occupied and you look at those and you go wow I wish there was some kind of incentive here where maybe developers could redo these buildings right yeah. and remodel and make it look nice and instead of breaking ground on new construction and so the, you know and these buildings are just going to sit here forever until nobody's in them like totally. just looking at those buildings you're like oh yeah I, I mean we could do something better i mean this is this is one of the the key um challenges that houston has in commercial real estate according to costar there's like 3 million square feet of office space under construction in houston which is not like the highest it's ever been but it's like you know, there's more, it's more than just that city center building. So it's mm -hmm. like developers would be doing this if they didn't think they could make money. Um, but I, the, the, that's the issue is, uh, yeah, I don't really know what the solution is other than, you know, converting, but it's not like sure. not every building can be converted. So what are you going to do with the rest of it? It's sort of this question that I don't know, people are still trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> yeah. And Let's say in a perfect world, by 2026, we have now converted a lot of empty office spaces into livable units, right. right? What would that do for the housing market in Houston and surrounding areas, you think? I think that it depends on, on a lot of factors. It depends on how many units are converted. I don't expect there to mm -hmm. be like thousands and thousands and thousands, <laughs> you know, um, so it depends on how many are converted and also what's going on with the rest of apartment development, you know, because we still have um, beyond just people wanting to convert, you know, the apartment market in Houston has always been like pretty active um, and they tend to be, you know, responsive to what's going on with rent prices and demand, you know, rent prices have slowed down somewhat and with the difficulty in getting construction financing, apartment development has, um, you know, is kind of slowing down in terms of like new starts, I believe. But by 2026, it kind of depends where the market is. But at this point, absent incentives or anything, I don't expect this to be a big um, needle mover in the housing market. Okay. You know, and, and of course, a lot of it depends on growth and housing. Assuming that Houston continues to grow, the, the need for housing is just going to continue. Okay, so I'm going to reframe that question now. So let's say in a not so perfect world by 2026, we have now converted a lot of empty office spaces or the ones that we can into livable units, but the vacancy rate is still high on them. What happens then? I mean, they would have to just lower their rents, uh, basically. You're just kind of stuck with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that is a risk to like, right, you go through all this work of converting you think you could charge class A rents, but what mm -hmm. if people don't want to pay class A prices to be in that unit? Then yeah, you're just stuck um, basically trying to hold out and you know running rent specials to try to get those filled up. Gotcha. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. And you know this is a pretty interesting project as well. So we'll keep tabs on this. And Marissa, it was a blast talking to you. I love this story. I just love to see what's going to happen with the real estate market. And this was a really good one to chat about. So I appreciate you joining me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will say I'm, I'm doing a lot of work around this topic right now. Um, so just, you know, keep your eyes out. I'll have several yeah. more stories in the coming weeks on this trend. And we'll be reading. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. That was Marissa Luck. You can read all of her work with the link in our show notes. So tell me, what real estate trend are you watching out for in 2024? 
send me a message with the contact info in our show notes or on Instagram at CityCastHouston. That will do it for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. Okay, on cue, my dog is freaking out. One second, I'll be right back. That was a really good answer, though. Just hang, hang tight.